Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be reviewing the third episode of the Book of Boba Fett, entitled The Streets of Nos Espa. So join with me as we break down this latest episode of the latest Star Wars series. See you in a minute. Hello, everyone. My name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. And welcome to Page Turners They Were Not, my Star Wars podcast. Today, we're going to review the third chapter of the Book of Boba Fett, entitled The Streets of Mos Espa. All right, folks. This is a great episode. This is an episode that has many things going on in it. In terms of plot, some might argue that it maybe doesn't have a central plot. But it definitely has a lot of things going on in it that are interesting. So let's kind of get into it. And we're going to go over the episode. I'm going to try not to get into the specifics too much, because if I did, there'd be an awful lot to talk about. So first off, we, we have kind of this um, discussion with, with the droid, 8D8. Um, about kind of the political geopolitics, I should say, of Mos Espa, the gangs that control it. Uh, and we learned that it's broken up between, I believe, Trandoshans, Aqualish, and let me look up, Clatoonians. Sorry, Clatuinians. I, I, I don't even know how to pronounce that. So I kind of get that. And while that's happening, uh, this guy comes in. Um, and he says his name is Lortha Peel. Uh, Lortha Peel is this guy, he's like a water, a watermonger. And Lortha Peel, by the way, is played by Stephen Root. Stephen Root, you may recognize from movies such as Office Space and Get Out. And he was also the man in the high castle uh, on Amazon Prime. That was him. So it's cool to see him in Star Wars. And, uh, you know, we get another one of these great debates of, of you know, Lord of the Peel is like, these guys are not paying the water tax, these urchins, these street urchins. 
Uh, they're not showing him respect. Um, you know, they're stealing water from the water hunger. Well, this is a classic case of when Bolotet goes to investigate, he discovers you know, that there's two sides to the story. And it would seem that the the um that North of Teal is really the enemy to blame. He's charging a ridiculous amount of money to these youths. Um, they are kind of a cybernetic biker gang. Uh, it's funny because Lord of Teal describes them as, you know, that they, they uh, explain, you know, that Lord of Teal is saying in very disrespectful tones, He's like, oh, they're they're cyborgs. They're modifying their bodies. He says it in a very, very like um, condescending way. I think. So anyhow, uh, Bobo meets up with him, and we meet their leader, whose name is Drash. And. Um, both of them basically slides with them. And um, he, he basically recruits them. See, this is what's happening throughout this entire series. Boba is making allies and enemies. But he's making a lot of allies. Tusken Raiders. These biker youths, many others who are becoming his allies and not his enemies. Um, now, we have a flashback of Boba in his, in the, in the vector tank, like always. Um, and it's a flashback of the Tuscans and Zelda goes to talk to the bike leader, who, by the way, uh, by the way, uh, the leader of the bikes is voiced by the voice actor Phil Lamar, who you might know as Samurai Jack. Um, and many other, you know, the British who's lines in any way. Anyhow, uh, a funny thing is when when Boba goes to meet with the Pike leader, we see stormtrooper helmets being put on pikes. And I don't mean the Pike gangs, I mean pikes as in pointy sticks. And which is an image that we see in um, in uh, the Mandalorian. You know, this is in the city of Mos Eisley. Uh, Bilba is given a bantha, which he rides to Mos Eisley. And as he rides past these helmets, who should appear in the background? But Peli, Peli Moto, um, the dock keeper in the, the Mandalorian. Played by, um, what is her name? Sorry, I gotta look up what her name is because it's eating at me. Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. 
Let me out. She she walks into that ground. And uh no one else has that hair. <laughs> uh, she's followed by her um, pit droids. Anyhow, long story short, you know, he meets with the pike leader. You know, um, I guess these, uh, there's another group called the Kenton Striders. That um, are are paying money for the territory that Boba claims is his, so he's gonna have to deal with that. But very tragically, when Boba returns to the Tuscan village, the Tuscans have all been murdered. Okay, really quick before we move on. There has been some discussion that this is um, I guess for lack of a better word, fridging. Uh, if you're not familiar with fridging, it, it I don't want to get too much into the details. But it's the idea of killing off characters to motivate the main character. Killing off side characters or whatever. And some may think that this is rather insulting to have built up the Tuscans and then have them murdered. It it doesn't bother me because for this reason. This is the tragic truth that Native Americans and other Native peoples in the real world have dealt with. Yeah, Star Wars, I know, is supposed to be you know, fantasy and not supposed to be realistic entirely. But I do think there is room to comment on real issues. And the one of the basically the showrunner, I mean it's John Favreau, but Robert Robert Rodriguez, you know, the director, is heavily involved and being Latino. I think he knows a thing or two about indigenous people being murdered by outsiders. Uh, so yes, it is very sad with the Tuscans, and it will motivate Boba. But I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the tale of Boba has spread to other Tuscan tribes. Because surely those can't be the only Tuscans in the Dune Sea. And by the way, Boba doesn't call them Tuscan Raiders. He calls them the Tuscans of the Dune Sea. Which is cool because we are seeing a rehabilitated image of Boba. Uh, not Boba, but of the Tuscans to see that they aren't just mindless monsters. Okay, then we cut to the best scene in the episode. Boba Fett is rudely awakened from his his Dr. Tank slumber by none other than Black Chrysanthemum. 
and oh my word, what a fight this is. Now, Bubba is losing this fight. He nearly gets his back broken. We hear the crunch of bone. And it was weird because for a moment there, I'm like, is Bubba going to die in his own show? You know, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it sounded pretty nasty. And Bubba was getting thrown around like a rag doll. But who should come to the rescue? But Boba's re recruited biker gang. This uh, biker gang of teenagers comes in and saves him. Well, they, they're young adults. I don't think they're teenagers. But they come in and attack Black, Black Crescentin, and it is a fight. And Black Crescentin is, like, almost unstoppable. Um... In fact, he gets a gaffy stick, you know, a, a Tuscan stick, jabbed in his back, and it's there for a few minutes. And Chrysanthemum is still fighting. Uh, as Black Chrysanthemum attempts to fight them off, the Gavorian guards show up. Chrysanthemum tackles them, they roll down the stairs. And then uh, they manage, Chrysanthemum manages to end up over the trap door to the former Rancor pit. And he is dropped in. He holds on to the edge. He almost doesn't fall in. But then Xan throws a knife in his hand and he falls in. And in an act of compassion, Boba tells. Fennec to take the injured Gamorrean guard to the Bacter tank. Boba is building allies, not just through respect for himself. Let, let me rephrase that. Boba says he wants to build his empire through respect. And it seems to be he doesn't just want people to respect him. He wants to respect other people. I think it's time with the Tuscans. He learned that to be a leader or to be accepted in a society, you have to be willing to show respect to others. At first, he didn't show respect to the Tuscans, but once he did, once he showed respect to them, that's when he started to grow. And so I think the major theme of this entire series is the journey of Boba to learn to respect others. And the importance of respecting others. You know, because as as is said in many cultures and in my own Christian upbringing, Jesus said, do unto others as, as you would have others do unto you. You know, it's the golden rule. And that's what Bob is showing here. He is earning respect by showing it. And that's really wonderful.
And that's the best scene in the show. The fight with the nearly unstoppable Black Chrysanthemum. Oh my word, seeing a Wookiee in full rage mode. Wow. And the stunt work. My goodness. <laughs> okay, folks, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will continue. See you in a minute. Okay, we are back, and that was a word about our sponsor. Okay, later, after things have calmed down a bit, uh, Boba and Finnick are eating this huge banquet, and I noticed, I noticed that one of the foods is fried numa. Or, I don't know if it's fried, but it's like baked numa. Roast. Numas are the little creatures you may recall in, uh, in the Phantom Menace. They were the little creatures that Jabba had, um, sitting on his balcony when he was watching the pod race. Anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny. And, uh, a shout out to Laura Kelly, the great Schmodown competitor. I love the droid that was serving them food. Boba dismissed the droid, and the droid had this kind of disgruntled sound, like, like, okay, fine, <laughs> you know. Anyhow, um, You know, and then now the twins show up, the hut twins show up at the palace, and um, they claim that they come to apologize. And then they say they sent Black Crescentin to kill Boba. They apologize and they offer him a gift. And what a gift! It's a rancor. And the rancor keeper. Here is an actor, my friends, that I never knew we needed in Star Wars. It's the one, the only, Danny Trejo. Oh my word, when I first saw him, I went, oh my gosh, is that Danny Trejo? I thought it was just going to be like a background, you know. Oh, it's Danny Trejo as a cameo. But no, no, his character is going to be very important. So anyhow, the the huts are come to tell Bubba, or at least they claim that they had been lied to. And that Java's territory was promised to another syndicate. They didn't say which syndicate. And um Apparently, Mayor Mokshayiz promised Jabba's territory to another syndicate, and not the twins. So the twins claim they're going to go back to Nalhada because they don't want war. And for the second time, they say, violence is bad for business. Whether we can believe them or not, you know, that's... Uh, I don't know. 
Sitting out, they released like Chrysanthemum. Or Boba says, listen, I will release Chrysanthemum to you if you renounce your, your claim to Jabba's legacy on Tatooine. And the siblings, the twins agree. And uh, Boba lets Chrysanthemum go. I mean, the huts leave, and then the huts say to Boba as they're leaving that Black Chrysanthemum is their tribute to Boba Fett, their paying tribute. Maybe a slight insult, or a major insult. So, Boba releases Chrysanthemum and said, look, no, it's just the classic line, no hard feelings, it's just business. You know, they're godfather. And, uh, Fett tells Black Chrysanthemum, don't work for criminals in the future. Boba releases him, and Fennec, being being very suspicious, as she naturally is, think like, it's a good idea to release him. And uh, Boba says he doesn't believe the twins. He thinks that they're lying about the war is bad for business thing. Okay, so anyhow, they put the Rancor back in the Rancor pit, where um, the former Rancor, who was killed by Luke Skywalker, Patissa, used to live. I love this scene. I love this scene. Well, let me back up a little bit. So about releasing... Um, well, I love the scene when twins show up. It's a great scene. And I think that Boba showing mercy to Black Chrysanthemum, I'm inclined to believe that's going to be a good thing. I don't think that's going to be a bad thing. I mean, maybe Fennec is right. But I'm wondering if Black Chrysanthemum won't appear later in the series. Not as an enemy of Boba, but an ally of Boba Fett. Boba's building these allies. Tuscan, Tuscans. The biker gang. Biker Santin, maybe. The Gamorians. Provided nobody stabs him in the back, he's building quite a army, so to speak. Which I think is going to come into play later. That you know, when all hope seems lost, they're gonna, they're all gonna show up and it's gonna be quite a sight. So anyhow, uh, Danny Trejo's Rancor Keeper. It's a great character, by the way. We don't have a name for the character yet. And he explains to both of the Rancors are emotionally complex. And, um, And it's a baby rancor, by the way, which I think is interesting. And he explains that rancors are not monstrous creatures like everybody thinks they are. He says rancors are peaceful unless they feel threatened. So what that means is Patissa, Jabba's um, rancor, was treated in such a way to become violent. 
Somebody said they're like pit bulls. Pit bulls are not inherently violent dogs. But are often trained by people to be really violent. So it's all about the training. And what's interesting, too, is that he says that the first human that the Rancor sees will imprint on it. So I wonder if Jada's Rancor Keeper, Malakili, back in Return of the Jedi, was the human that Patissa had imprinted on. So anyhow, uh, he, he further says Rancors can be very loving. And then he says, you want to throw back to the novel uh, The Courtship of Princess Leia, back from the 90s. He says, the witches of Dathomir rode on Rancors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That made me really excited to hear. And then uh, Boba takes the blinders off of the Rancor. And the Rancor looks at him. And I think he makes a friend with him. Also, Boba says he wants to learn to ride the Rancors. Oh, my word. This is a Star Wars nerd kid's dream. Imagine in the 90s, some kids were saying, wouldn't it be cool if Boba Fett rode on a Rancor? Oh, my word. This is, like, incredible if this is going to happen. Anyhow, we uh, we get the 88. The droid shows up and says, hey, uh... The mayor says he's not going to be available for the next 20 days. And uh, Boba leaves. And the Rancor actually looks kind of sad. Then he left. And the Rancor keeper's like, don't worry, he'll be back. So, I think, you know, provided there's no backstabbing, I think Boba made a friend. And I love Danny Trejo as the Rancor keeper. He fits in so well. And I, I thought he would be too much Danny Trejo for Star Wars. It really feels like his character is in that world. And I, I love, I mean, I, you gotta love the look of Danny Trejo. The very lined face, you know, the long hair. You just gotta love the look. So anyhow, but Boba goes to the mayor's office where that, that darn Major Domo shows up again. That uh, Major Domo's like, well, you know, the mayor's schedule's quite complicated, blah, blah, blah. So the Major Domo goes into the mayor's throne room and locks the door. Well, our, our heroes go in it and break through the door, Fennec and Boba. And, but the mayor is slipped out, or the mayor isn't there. And the stimbly little Major Domo has escaped. So they go outside, and the Major Domo is, is escaping on a land speeder. And they send the Biker Gang youths after him. And we go through an incredibly crazy chase scene. Um... Which has all the stereotypes of a chase scene. Now, I need to be honest here. Some people did not like this scene. I ate it up. The whole thing. 
I think, because Star Wars is naturally <laughs> steeped in film lore, as Carrie Fisher once said, the idea of throwing everything, every classic cliche of a chase scene, to me, actually makes complete sense. Knocking over fruit stands, tank of water, a driving through, hitting a, a going through a painting carried by people, um, knocking over a rickshaw. No, you know what it is. It's the, it's the chase scene in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when he escapes the club in Shanghai. The club, of the, uh, 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 funny enough, named the Obi-Wan Club. Yeah, during that chase scene, running into a rickshaw, knocking over stands. Right, yeah, it's all the cliches of a chase scene. But in case you're confused, just go and watch the Indiana Jones films. I didn't think it was too silly. I, 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 I gotta be honest with you folks. And allow me to get a little obnoxious for a minute. I am tired of hearing people say, that's not Star Wars. I am tired of it. I, I am tired of, of that. I think that... Well, okay. I can only speak for myself. I love it. I don't think I've run across anything in the live action Star Wars where I said, that's not Star Wars. I think, and this is just me, I think some fans just need to open their minds a little bit. So anyhow, I'll get off my soapbox, but that does bother me. But for myself, I absolutely loved it. And then, they capture the Major Domo, after he runs into a bunch of Jogan fruits, which you may recognize from Star Wars Rebels. And the Major Domo reveals that the mayor is working with the Pike Syndicate. And the mayor's gone somewhere. We don't know where. And then we cut to a Starliner landing in a landing zone. And a bunch of pikes come out of it. One of the biker youths is watching it. And he reports that what's going on. And then Fennec Shan tells Boba Fett, this is just a first wave. They're going to war. And Fett says, we're going to be ready. And that is the end of the episode. I love this episode, my friends. Absolutely. Um, I absolutely love it. I think I may have a new crush on the character Drash. The kind of the de facto leader of the biker gangs. She is gorgeous. Um, I absolutely love the look of the speeders. Now, some people didn't particularly like the chrome look, but bright colors, but I would recommend if it bothers you to go and watch American Graffiti. 
I think this is a, a, it is a reference to that. Also, watch the chase scene in Attack of the Clones. The Coruscant chase. Um, I think that if you are inclined to believe that the biker look, the look of the bikes, the look of the gang doesn't fit in Star Wars, I would recommend going rewatching the chase scene in Attack of the Clones. Anyhow, I don't want to get too much of my soapbox there. But suffice to say, I love this episode. I love seeing Steven Root. I love Sophie Thatcher as Drash. Um, I love... I love this newly mayor. Uh, not the mayor, but the mayor's... Uh, the mayor's major domo. I love him because he's... He's, he's definitely that kind of vaguely obnoxious while still pretending to be polite. Kind of red tape guy that you would meet in real life. I love that. Um, and I just absolutely love that the fight scene with Black Crescentin was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I love that we got it right after the episode where he was introduced to the Book of Boba Fett. That we didn't have to wait that long to get him. And oh my word, what a fighter he is. And I think, as I said, Boba's showing mercy to him. I think, my guess is it's going to be a positive thing. Boba is building quite an army. I am very sad about the Tuscans. I am not angry at the writers for that choice because it is a sad truth about indigenous people. I think, though, my guess is the legend of Boba is spread to other tribes. Also, the, the destruction of the Tuscans might have made Boba Fett realize that um, He's got to protect these people who are being oppressed. Uh, so I enjoyed this episode entirely. I don't really have any criticisms. I love the chase scene. Yes, it is silly, but it's Robert Rodriguez. He directed this episode. What do you expect? And you know what? I love the biker gang. I just love that Star Wars is so expansive. And then it can include so many strange things. I love Danny Trejo. It's a Rancor Keeper. I love the Rancor. I don't know what this Rancor's name is. We'll probably get it. Some people were hoping it was Moochie. Uh, which is um, the Rancor from Bad Batch. But we'll see. And, and the idea that Boba may end up riding a Rancor into battle or something like that. Oh my word, what a thought that is. It is every 80s and 90s kid's dream. Well, those are my thoughts, folks. I, I personally have nothing negative to say about this episode. I do think that maybe the ch chase scene is maybe not the strongest part of the episode. 
but the strongest part is the fight with Black Crescenta. And the scene with the Rancor and Danny Trejo. Who else would be a Rancor keeper in Star Wars? Well, folks, those are my thoughts on the streets of Mos Espa. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of Boba's Book Club. Presented by Page Turners They Were Not. My Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.